Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Hey, what is up, Red Shirts Fantasy Football listeners? Matthew Betts, Matt Okada back on the mic. It has only been two days since Okada and I have recorded, so I'm going to ask him how he's doing, but I imagine he's going to say, good, nothing else is new. Unless, Okada, you've had some life-changing happenings here in the last couple of days. What's going on? Uh, I have not. I did make it through the end of a long, tiresome pre-Super Bowl week. I am now technically on my weekend uh, because I have today and tomorrow off, so I'm feeling great. Uh, I am noticing. I don't. I can't remember if we did it exactly in this order last time as well. But we've, we're doing this facial hair progression thing again. <laughs> we did it with oh, who else? It was Ben. Was it Ben? Yes, I think Benny it was Heiss? Ben. Yeah, Ben yeah. Heisler, good friend of the and, show. Uh, I think Nate might have even been commenting in that chat, and now he's here. Surprise! Yes. I'm here to fill my role as in the full bearded man. Yep. Uh, so I complete the progression. This is fantastic. yeah, perfect. Uh, if you are not aware, we are currently live on Periscope and Twitter. You can find us there at RedshirtsFFPod. If you want to see our facial hair, <laughs> if you want to see our beautiful faces, that is where you can do it. Uh, unfortunately, I have the facial hair pattern of a 10-year-old child. So <laughs> going left to right, it is me with a little bit of scrub. Okada's got the beautiful stash, as always. And then Nate, of course, rocking the full beard. So we have the full spectrum here on the show today. Um, and with that, we'll welcome in our guest. Nate, what is up, man? What's going on, guys? Man, it's been a while uh, since I've been on, and it's good to be talking with you again. You guys are my favorite, so. Oh, great to hear. Let's let's do this. Yes, and you know, for those of our listeners who are not aware, uh, Nate, myself, and Okada used to all write together on staff for the Fantasy Footballers. So that's where we met Nate, and of course, uh, he has made a name for himself in the industry. Nate, for those of our listeners who, for some reason, don't know you, um, just give us a rundown on kind of what you've got going on, what you're working on, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so um, you can find me on Twitter at DominateFF, where I'm there literally every second of every day. I've got a problem with that, and I probably should address it. But Can't uh, confirm. <laughs> if you want to interact <laughs> with me, go right ahead, because I pretty much respond to everybody. Uh, so I got that going on. I'm an analyst right now over at Fantrax.com, so you can check out my articles and other content there. And uh, I write for the Fantasy Football Black Book with Joe Pisapia and just a laundry list of unbelievable talented guys in the industry. So um, hopefully he'll have me back this season. I've been uh, doing that for the last two years. Um, so check out the 2020 book when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's a an awesome staff that he's put together with everyone writing for that book. Uh, you know, big time names and obviously uh, everyone knows their stuff. So definitely support that product. Definitely check out Nate's work. Find him on Twitter. One of my favorite follows for just interacting uh, and talking fantasy football. So that is where to find Nate. You can find us, like we said, at RedshirtsFFPod. Every single social handle is the same. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Of course, like I said, we are live right now. This audio, I believe, is going to come out on Monday. Is that the plan, Okada? Uh, yes, post-Super okay. Bowl. Post-Super Bowl. So... Okada, we recorded two days ago, and you said you reserve the right every day to change your mind on who the winner is going to be. This is going to be a good opportunity for you to change your mind if you want to, because this is it. And our listeners can look back on this on Monday and say, wow, man, Okada, that dude knows his stuff. Or Okada is an idiot. He knows nothing. (laughs) Uh, Well, bet. Patrick Mahomes certainly gave his best effort. That attempted comeback was incredible. But (laughs) my prediction that the 49ers would hold on for the win... Turned out to be true, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, man. Nate, we'll let you go ahead. Do you have a, a Super Bowl pick you want to shout out? Yeah, I'll just recap uh, how the whole Super Bowl went. Since of course. Everyone's yes. going to see this on uh, this is Monday, right? Yeah. So the Chiefs won 38-24. Oh, um, what a game. It, it, I think it was close pretty much to the fourth quarter when it, they really separated themselves and gained a two-touchdown advantage, which just ripped the heart out of uh, the hearts out of the 49ers, so... Uh, that's my final <laughs> score prediction. There hey, man, go. that's not that's not far off what's happening right now at the Vegas line, so you might be onto something there. We'll see. Wow. Um, but, yeah, it, it should be a great game slash in recap on Monday. What a great game it was. Uh, yes. And it's going to be fun to recap that throughout the week. Uh, should be a good game. All right, fellas, we are getting over into the news. Okada, hit that drop. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, news? 
All right, Okada, you're the the Patriots dude. Like, was Tom walking in oh, or boy. out of the stadium? For those of you who missed it, Tom Brady posted a, a very cryptic uh, picture last night on Twitter of him by himself walking either into or out of the stadium. Too far away to tell. I say he's walking out. Okada, what what is he doing, man? Okay, so I have to say a few things here, uh, as you, I'm sure, expected. First of all, when this photo dropped, we were coming kind of towards the end of our workday. It had been a long workday. We, we had to put all these cards together for guests for the Super Bowl shows and uh, for the NFL honors with research. And so we'd been doing we, literally hundreds of them. We were so, like, beat. And any time that major, major news drops in the NFL world, us researchers had to kick into gear to prepare research for television so people can talk about it. So when that dropped, all of us were like, if Tom Brady is retiring right now, we are all going to jump off a cliff because it would have <laughs> meant the night would go three hours longer. So I did a good amount of studying to find out what I could find out. Listen, I looked at that foot so closely, Bets. I zoomed in all the way. It is clearly the back of his right soul. He is walking into the stadium. Now, I don't know why he's doing that. It doesn't really make too much sense. However, the two major theories I've heard around the office, number one, is that it has to do with a Super Bowl commercial. That was the immediate reaction that I got from some of the higher-ups. Uh, then the other one I've heard around a lot is that it was a tribute to a Kobe Bryant picture where he was walking down the tunnel. Yeah. So... I don't think he's. it has anything to do with leaving the Patriots. But then again, I'm biased. So, Yeah, you are. And I will just say, we are definitely going to have to edit that out. You quoting, literally, I zoomed in on that foot, and I could tell it was going <laughs> in. <laughs> Listen, man, we, I tell the truth here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Nate, any reaction here to what's going on, or is this kind of more of, of what Okada's saying here, where we're not really sure, and there's not too much to read into right now? I mean, he hasn't responded to anything, so he's just kind of letting it fly, right? Um, yeah. it's and, Tom. He does what he wants. And I think that he's, it's playing into, you know, whatever game he wants to play. Uh, for me, I don't know if you can absolutely definitively say if he's walking in or out, because when I was looking at it, I had myself 100% convinced he was walking into the stadium. And then as soon as I said that it, like the image flipped on me, it was an optical illusion. So yeah. it's like you don't you can't tell what's happening. You know, you ever see those things where, hey, is the dancer spinning left or right? You know, mm -hmm. counterclockwise. It was one of those situations. So <laughs> whoever whoever did that is a genius and it's got everybody talking about it. So at the end yeah. of the day, for me, how I feel about it, you know, being the local New Englander guy, and I know you're you're you are as well, uh, bets, but for me, I think for football and for everybody that loves talking about football. Tom Brady leaving would be probably the best thing that to ever happen, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. He signs a three-year deal with somebody else, no matter who it is. That would have us talking every single minute of every single day about this leading up to and through the two, uh, 2020 season. So, for me, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I Man, living in New England, not as a Patriots fan, yeah. is top five worst things to ever happen to a human being I, i'm convinced yes. um it's quite terrible and I, I do hope the end is near for the past but we will see uh to be determined all right fellas more exciting news from the off season god it feels like we're picking at straws to, to talk about news today uh frank gore who never dies would like to play in yet another season uh okada I'm going to kick it over to you because I didn't even want to put this on the show, Doc. I said, who cares? And Okada said, no, this matters for Dynasty. Um, go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter that much for Dynasty, but if he's on the team, I feel like at least early in the season, he's going to get carries. His carries trailed off late in the year because he's 70 years old, and that's to be expected. But in the first half of the season, he was getting double-digit carries every week. Devin Singletary didn't get to really, really break out until later in the year, despite the fact that he was clearly the better talent. Um, so if he's back again, or on some other team, vulturing someone else's carries potentially, uh, it's I don't think it's good. It, does it matter that much? No. Does it reduce Singletary's you know stock in Dynasty? Not really. Um, it's just that we may not get quite the... A full-on RB1 breakout immediately into 2020 that I might have hoped for. So, Nate, yeah. anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, he's just going to be one of those guys where it's just 
hey, congratulations, he's in for a couple plays. And look, that one time he did something awesome. He broke off a 12-yard run. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to have like 300 yards rushing and maybe two to three touchdowns on the season. So very little effect. You know, good for him, though, honestly. I mean, he's he is the infinity stone. I know the fo- footballers say that all the time, and that, that's truly what Frank Gore is at that position. So congratulations to him. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty awesome, man. Uh, next piece of news here, we're going to talk about Greg Olson and the Panthers um, agreeing to basically say this is the end of Greg Olson's run in Carolina. I don't know if there's really much to add about Greg Olson. Obviously, he's had a fantastic career to this point. We'll see what happens with his future. But, um, man, Ian Thomas, we're talking dynasty buys and sells. This is an obvious huge uptick in his dynasty value. Are you guys in on Ian Thomas here for the future? I am. I, I mean, I was touting this guy um, before last season, hoping that Greg Olson was going to do the commentator thing, you know, um, but unfortunately he didn't do that. He stuck around and it kind of, you know, hindered uh, Thomas's upside. But I believe he, we've seen his upside. We've seen how, um, you know, what he can do uh, for that team. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent for Ian Thomas. However, if you didn't buy him, you know, before this news, his value just went up. So, I mean, you kind of missed the prime time to, to buy him, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that's the key here is that while the buy is the right move right now in the sense that you want to get him moving forward, the window to buy has kind of already closed because now everybody knows that Greg Olson is leaving, especially anyone listening to this podcast right now, uh, if they didn't already. And it's, you know, it's going to be hard to get him for a value also, I don't know if I've seen quite as much from him as I would have liked to, especially later in this year where he had some opportunities. He has flash talent at various points, but I don't think it's like, you know, if Zach Ertz was suddenly leaving the Eagles and what we've seen from Dallas Goddard, where where I would be 100%, you know, lock convinced that he would be a tight end one, if not a top six tight end. Um, this is more like, I think he could now maybe be what Greg Olson was you know, in some decent years and be a tight end one, but maybe towards the back end. And I'm not quite as sure about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to address this. Okay, what, what's going on at the Twitter ch- or at the uh, live chat right now. Uh, we are joined by the fantasy footballers, good friends oh. of the show. There is currently fellas? a challenge on right now. They're challenging all three of us to go oh, get gosh. a jar of peanut butter. Oh God. <laughs> live on the show. And I can eat the whole jar. Um, I don't think it's the whole jar. I think it's for five minutes currently right now uh confirmed what? by jason and andy and my five minutes to eat peanut butter on the show i couldn't stop laughing i had to address it i'm sorry well i'm um, glad i'm glad i'm not looking at that chat because yeah, I, I, I gotta hide yeah. this for sure eat, eat peanut butter for five minutes what does that even mean andy you guys win i'll just say that you you, you win it uh, you know i i forfeit already that's, yeah that's and that's part of the the fun part of doing these live streams for sure it's kind of interacting with people that are in the chat. So, uh, all right, fellas, let's kick it over. Let's go into Dynasty Buys and Sells. Nate, you are the guest. And, you know, just for everyone listening, we do not know who is going to say which name. So I've got several names prepared. Okay. Okada probably has one name prepared because he does not prepare for these shows. Nate, you're up first, man. Let's see it. Okada just left. So uh, <laughs> Hashtag gonna... peanut butter watch. Yeah, so my first – he's probably going to do that right now, actually. My first – by candidate is Jordan Howard. Okay. Yuck. He's a free agency. That's why he's a buy. Okay. Because you can get him on the cheap. He's a free agent. He's always been a workhorse in volume. Touchdown machine. He can catch the ball. Okay. He's got a 67% career uh, percentage in catch rate. Uh, He's had a thousand total yards in every season prior to 2019 where he had, Oh, there goes Okada. Thank you, footballers. <laughs> Off the rails. We appreciate oh, that. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so Okada wins. All right. Uh, it's almost like he was begging somebody to ask him to do that. Okay. He was. He was prepared. <laughs> so anyways, back to Jordan Howard. Over 1,000 yards total uh, total yards prior to last year. Like I said, he had a shoulder injury, which kept him off the field for six games. But Doug Peterson, he really knows how to ruin uh, running back's value, okay? So I actually bought him from our buddy Keaton Denlay last offseason. I bought uh, Jordan Har- Howard off of him, n- knowing that he wasn't going to be much 
as an eagle, but hoping once this unrestricted free agency came up for, for, for Howard this year, that he was going to go somewhere where he can be the workhorse again. And that's, I still have that hope. Um, Nate, real quick, can I interrupt you? Yeah, go right What ahead. did you buy him for? What was the trade? Oh, I don't remember. It was cheap. Okay. It was cheap, man. I could tell you that. So um, maybe, maybe Keaton's watching and he can tell us, but uh, you know, for me, worst case scenario, he stays with the Eagles. You know, he should still be in a good position to maintain uh, the machine status that I've labeled him as. In weeks one through nine in 2019, Miles Sanders had just two carries inside the five. Jordan Howard had 10 carries inside the five for five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. So half of the times he carried the ball, he scored. Okay, so even in a limited season, Jordan Howard scored every 19.8 carries and Sanders only every 60. And that's the end of my <laughs> thing because I can't stop watching Okada just eat this jar. It's unbelievable. No, this is fantastic. And I can't wait to repost this video with some editing. <laughs> yeah, so if you're listening on Monday, you gotta you got to like go to the, the YouTubes or whatever, wherever yeah, well, you guys – We'll repost the video for everyone to see this in full. Uh, Okada literally eating peanut butter live on the show. Wait, um, I got one more thing on Jordan Howard too. If we're talking dynasty, he's twenty-five. He's twenty-five years old. Yeah, and and that's surprising, right? Like he feels so much older than that. He's just a name that no one wants. And, and I believe um, I forget what show it was. I want to give credit to the podcast, but I can't remember who it was. And and they literally said if a player feels like a gross name in dynasty or a gross buy. They are a buy because you can get them cheaply. So I, I definitely think it's worth a shot. Nate, cur- I'm curious, like, what would you be willing to give <laughs> to give up <laughs> for Jordan Howard right now in a league? Like, well, let's, let's talk rookie picks because th- I yeah. feel like that's kind of the hot the hot topic right about now. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had me on for a dynasty episode because. I am not your typical dynasty guy. Like I would much rather have known talent than than picks, and I and I sell all of my picks. So anybody that's in a dynasty league with me knows that, and they always come rushing to me, you know, asking for picks. But uh, I've learned to hold on to those picks until closer to the draft because the value rises even more. But for me, I would I would give up, um, you know, picks for Jordan Howard. I would honestly, I, he's just such a buy candidate for me, and if he does land on another team, which is what I'm hoping for him, that's where his true value rises because he turns back into that, um, you know, into that workhorse role. And that's what I'm looking forward to for Jordan Howard. Yeah, I guess the issue for me, I mean, it makes sense that you can get him cheap and see what happens. But I mean, this 2020 running back class is supposed to be sick. And, and we've started doing some scouting. We're having John Helmkamp, a uh, good friend of the show and new writer who does a lot of running back scouting on with us next week to talk through these running backs. It just feels like it's a saturated market at this point. I mean, Melvin Gordon, potentially a free agent here. We'll see what happens with Kareem Hunt, et cetera. So there's not a lot of teams that need help. I feel like Howard needs an injury to make himself fantasy relevant again, personally. But definitely, I mean, see what the price is for sure. Okada, you think you could get him for a late second, early third? Yes, I 100% (laughs) think you could get him for a late second, early third. I don't know if you even need to give a late second to get him. I think a third is probably more the range that you would have to give to get him. And I like it. Um, he's not, you know, super exciting. But if he's on a right, the right team and the right offense, and we get the right opportunity, he we've seen him produce. And he can certainly do it again. And even this year, to you know Nate's point, he was producing when he got, when he got the opportunity. Amen. All right, man. We'll see what happens there with Jordan Howard. I, I kind of knew that was coming, Nate. So fortunately, right. our picks do not overlap. I know you're a Jordan Howard apologist I am. and truther. <laughs> All right, Peanut Butter Boy, you're up next. Oh, gosh. Good thing I didn't put that bite Dude, in you got to ask him right after he takes a bite. Yeah, you do I was going to Oh, say, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Also, I would just like to point out that I'm, I'm eating Laura Scudder's peanut butter. Not a sponsor. Uh, but, but delicious. If they would like to sponsor us, that would be fine. Sure, yes. And I noticed for the first time that it has this uh it has a thing on the label that says oil separation is natural. Just stir and enjoy. <laughs> because their peanut butter gets super oily and you have to mix it up and I never saw that. Well, that's more of a Anyways. natural thing, I think. Yeah. Are you currently eating with the oil on top? No, no, no. I mixed it up. What okay. do I look like? Some kind of monster? Yes, you do right now. Eating peanut butter alive on a podcast. <laughs> you do. Um uh, 
Okay, so here's the thing. First of all, I would just like to point out that uh, someone in the chat, I believe it might have been Mike, said that uh, Jordan Howard was the slowest peanut butter. My pick for a buy is the opposite. And as potentially boring as Jordan Howard may be, despite his skill, this guy is as exciting as it possibly gets. And I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. And it feels like a strange pick as a buy, potentially, because... Obviously, he is one of the hottest commodities in Dynasty. He had an incredible end of the year, showed out to what not only the, you know, Dynasty and draft truthers hoped that he could be, but potentially even beyond that, he was amazing. So it's tough to call him a buy because I don't know what you have to give to get him. Well, I do know what you have to give, but I won't tell you yet. Yeah. But here's the thing. All right. And I'm going to pose this question to you guys. I also posed it to a, a researcher buddy of mine who actually played college football and I want—I was curious to get his answer. What is AJ Brown's ceiling as far as NFL wide receiver rank? Like just straight up, he is the X best wide receiver in the league at a given time. Bets, what's your number? I mean, are we talking like ever in his career? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. At his in his high point of his career in the league, where would he be? Potential. I think he has the potential to turn into when he reaches his peak, a top five wide receiver in the NFL. I truly Maybe. believe that. Well, when, when you say at any given time, that's very different from season long, right? So are you, are you asking? No, yeah, yeah, like in a season. In a season. Yeah, like in a window of his, of his career. Just because of the question marks at quarterback, because we don't know whose quarterback's going to be, that's pretty tough to put him at a top five. I think that's that's where his talent is. But I think it coincides with whoever's throwing him the ball. So for me, I'm more likely kind of a top 10. So between an 8 and 10 range for me. Okay. So I feel like probably that's fair. Uh, Top 10 is what the majority of people think. I think, and the guy I asked as well agreed with me, and this is why it got my wheels turning, I think he legitimately has top three. He could be one of the three best wide receivers in the NFL for a a decent period of time. Like we're talking Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, that kind of sustained excellence and that kind of elite play. He is incredibly talented. And what we saw from him at the end of this season, which is his rookie season, was already elite play. So yes, the buy window is high and you are going to have to give up probably more than a single first unless it's a very high first. I think if it's a very high first, some people may be willing to take that. But more more than likely, you're going to have to give up more than a first. I would very strongly consider giving up two firsts plus for A.J. Brown. Wow. Because, wow. yeah. No, I, no picks back? Just just straight up no. for A.J. Brown? No, wow. yeah. Straight up, two firsts plus. I think that, he, and the, admittedly, the quarterback situation is interesting. But here's the thing. We just saw what Ryan Tannehill did in that offense. We had not seen anything from Ryan T- Tannehill for a long, long time. So this offense can work with an average quarterback or better. I think the chances are that either he's back or they've gotten someone better somehow. So I think that there's a good chance that in the foreseeable future, we continue to see him with a average or above average quarterback. And I think that's more than enough with his talent to produce legitimately elite wide receiver ability. So while the while the maybe standard rate price is, you know, a mid to late first, maybe a high first, I'd be willing to give more than that. And so that's why I'm calling him a buy, even though the price is high. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Like, I love A.J. Brown. I believe in the talent for sure. But there's some, some pause for concern. I mean, the obvious is the fact that they are all in, it seems to be all in on Derrick Henry. And of course, that could slow his upside in terms of being a pass-happy offense. So are we going to see three for 85 and a touchdown every week? No, we're not. And, you know, it does have that legitimate possibility to cap his upside on a week-to-week basis. However, I am in on definitely, you know, buying this guy on a career arc upwards, meaning it's not, you know, you don't have to in Dynasty always buy low on players. You can buy on players before they truly hit their ceiling. And I think that's the case here with A.J. Brown. So are we mm-hmm. going to see a top 10 receiver next year? I highly doubt it. Are we going to see a wide receiver too? Probably. And, are, you know, in the future, in three, four years, if you told me 
you know, AJ Brown's a top 10 receiver in dynasty. I would not think that's out of the realm possibility at all. So in that aspect, I'm with you. I don't think I could give up two first for him though. With this class, I, I don't know if I would. Well, maybe it is the best time to try to buy him. Uh, even though it is at a, at a value or not at a value, you're getting him at probably top dollar right now. But to my point, when I said the reason why I'm, I'm kind of closer to a, a wide receiver 10 is because we don't know his quarterback situation right now. That's up in the air. So if you could try to buy him, well, that's, that doubt is still in the owner's mind, then I think it's a good time to buy for sure. Uh, for the record, we have a listener in the chat, Nico Suave17, who said he traded Derrick Henry in the 210 for A.J. Brown and the 102. That is incredible. Mean. That is things you can do right now. You can trade away a incredibly seemingly valuable elite RB1 in Derrick Henry and a pick to get A.J. Brown. I would do that without the 102 involved. That's how much I'm I'm into A.J. Brown. I wouldn't do it without the 102. 102, Oh, my goodness. I would not do it without the 102. But uh, once you said the 102 was involved, now my ears perked a little bit for sure. Yeah, well done there. Nico Suave. Love that trade. Perfect. Um, Perfect name. <laughs> Nate brought the most boring trade candidate ever. Okada <laughs> brought the, it seems like Peanut the hottest butter. trade candidate ever. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. Uh, a guy that I don't know anyone's really looking at this player as a buy in dynasty, and I think it's incorrect. It's Matthew Stafford, especially in a super flex league. I mean, this dude last year was on pace for 5,000 yards. Played eight games, of course, you know, didn't finish the season because of injury and of course uh, being a physical therapist and doing a lot of injury analysis and seeing these patients in the clinic I feel like I have to address this and this is kind of the same scenario as we've seen in the past with guys like Carson Wentz you know last year I was saying it's not a concern as far as the back fracture moving forward he should be okay I think it's the same case here for Matthew Stafford and you know looking at his weapons I don't see much changing in the offense Kenny Galladay is a guy I've been kind of down on in Dynasty. I've kind of been lukewarm on him, maybe not putting him where he should be. And I totally am in on this guy. I mean, what he did with David Blau and friggin' Jeff Driscoll last year shows me that he is legit and a true bona fide wide receiver one. You pair him with Marvin Jones, probably the most underrated wide receiver two in the league. And now TJ Hawkinson in year two coming back. So yeah, man, I think Matthew Stafford is a value right now. I don't think people are, are valuing him as a fringe QB1 type of player in super flex leagues. And for that reason, I'm buying. So wait, wait, you called mine boring, yet yours is in the middle. When you're talking yep. about buying a 33-year-old, yep. will-be 33-year-old quarterback, and I'm talking about a 25-year-old Jordan Howard yep. who had a 1,000-plus total yards <laughs> every season of his career until last year and was is an absolute touchdown machine and that was boring over I'm with Stafford Nate. I'm sorry yep I'm uh, sorry uh, I, I got yep. a rebuttal on that one uh no comment <laughs> <laughs> straight up I would prefer Matthew Stafford in a super flex league to Jordan Howard how about that that's All why right. I think it's more oh. exciting Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe it wasn't that exciting. Sorry, guys. No, no, I got a better one coming for round two. Okay, uh, Okada, anything to comment there on the Lions offense in general or Stafford? Um, I think that it was underrated how good he was early in this season. Like, go back and look at his stats and the fantasy the fantasy you know output he was producing in the first half of the season before he got injured, and you would be mind blown, or or you were paying a lot of attention, you wouldn't be surprised, but then you already know that this is a good call. Uh, yeah, I really like this, actually. In a super flex league, I think he's going to be an every week starter. He even has potential to kind of, you know, kind of replace the Phillip Rivers we've had of years past, where he's always QB 10 to 12, and you just know you're going to get that, and that's great. And he even has more upside than that, because if they do rely on the pass, which they had to a little bit more this year because of on Johnson's injury, so there is that to consider. But if they do, certainly we've seen that he can produce in that kind of a situation, and He's on contract for quite a bit more time because he signed a big fat deal. So there's yeah, no yeah, worries there. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you some credit here because it Thank is you. a good, it is a good time to buy him because the last time he played was week nine, but it does appear he was averaging close to 300 yards a game, three to one ratio with touchdown interceptions, about 25 fantasy points a game. So yes, Matthew Stafford, great. You know, he's a great buy candidate right now just because a lot of people are, are have recency bias and they have forgotten about him. So I think this is a good time to do it. He's got Kenny Galladay, one of the most, you know, uh, 
intriguing wide receivers in the league right now where it doesn't matter who's throwing to them, but if Matt Stafford's throwing to them, you better believe both of their stats are going to uh, you know increase because of it. So I'll give you credit uh, as far as that goes, but I still think Jordan Howard's more exciting for me. Hopefully our, our next ones are more exciting here, Nate. You and I. <laughs> hey, I said it. Okay, fire. good. I was going <laughs> to say. Nate, you're up, man. Let's go with your second buy. My second buy, uh, I love running backs. So <laughs> uh, my second buy is Kareem Hunt. Um, now, Kareem Hunt, he is a monster RB1. Uh, he needs a full workload. This dude needs to get away from Cleveland. You know, obviously he's got off the field issues, which is kind of hindering my argument here. But however, it's probably the better time to buy him now. Hopefully this just means Cleveland moves on from him uh, because he is a restricted free agent. So they kind of have control, whatever, uh, whatever he does. So I'm hoping that's what this, this off the field incident turns into. And another team uh, comes on and takes a chance on him because uh, with a full workload, he's, he's unbelievable. Even without a uh, full workload in 2018, he was the RB 11. Okay. in five and, and half point PPR. Um, so he had 14 total touchdowns. So seven year rushing, seven receiving over a thousand all purpose yards in just 11 games. He ended up being the RB11. So that is a dangerous uh, running back you want to have on your team, and you don't want him behind somebody like Nick Chubb that's going to hinder the, the, you know, the quantity of, of touches he's going to have. He was the RB4 in his last full season in 2017, um, and he was the only top 50 running back this past season to have played in uh, single-digit games. So every other top 50 running back uh, last year played double-digit games or more. He was in single digits. So um, in his last eight games, when when Hunt came back, um, only 15.4 fantasy points separated Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. 155 touches for Nick Chubb resulted in .63 points per touch. 80 total touches for Kareem Hunt resulted in 1.04 points per Ooh. touch. Okay, so almost a half a point more than Nick Chubb in the games in which Kareem Hunt was playing in. And oh, yeah, age is a huge thing in Dynasty. He's 24 years old. So Kareem Hunt, buy, man. Buy him right now. Nate, we we talked about it a little bit on our last recording um, when the news broke with the traffic violation. I mean, I think if you were considering him a buy, would you say now is the time to pounce? Because I think dynasty owners in general, you know, we've had these trends last year with Tyree Kill all offseason. Mm-hmm. People were selling for anything they could get because of the concerns in the off the field situation. Now we have this happen with Kareem Hunt. Is this the time to buy and flip the question here? Let's say a month or two goes by and, you know, the charges or whatever are dropped and we hear positive news. Are you still buying or then are you out? I am buying all the way. I am buying in his best case scenario and his worst case scenario. I am buying the guy at 24 years old when I've seen he is a top five running back, you know, um, given given the touches and he he's dangerous and and he's and he's game script proof. It doesn't matter because he catches the ball as well. So even if his team is down and he's the guy, he's on the field. He's not getting yeah. taken off for a third down back. He is a third down back. He is a first down back. He's a second down back. He's the man. So for me, now is the best time to buy him because of this. It's like so convenient this off the field issue occurred, uh, and I'm I'm truly hoping Cleveland lets him go because he needs to be the workhorse somewhere. But he is definitely a buy regardless of what happens this season. So here's my tough question because I agree with almost every single portion of Nate's argument. I am a huge believer in Cream Hunt's talent. We talked about it going into this off season kind of looking forward to knowing he would come back, how much would it affect Chubb? And I believe I was the strongest proponent on this pod of this guy is way too talented to not get a a hefty amount of work and do a lot with it. And that's what he did. Mm -hmm. But what is the price going to be to get him? And I'm not really sure, so I'm just kind of throwing it out there because, like, I don't know if I could even give up a second for him. I know I could give up a second for the talent. But because of the the off-the-field stuff, because of the inability to be confident for me that he's going to be there next season, the season after that, and the season after that, it definitely makes it tough for me to invest a pick that I I feel can be consistently productive. So, you know, a decent second-round pick that I feel okay about getting a good guy from. 
Like, it's almost that... It's almost a second round, I can't do it, and a third round, I'm smashing it. So I'm trying to figure out what the transition point is and where he really is. Bet, do you know, like, do you have a feeling? I mean, that kind of feels right. Like, it's, you know, it's it's on that fringe for sure. I would say, at this point, I think I'm okay giving up a second to get him, even with the concerns. I, I think if you're able to get him for, like, two-thirds or anything like that, like, absolutely take the mm-hmm. risk. Um, early second, late first, I, I think I'm out at this point, mostly because of the fact that there are concerns about where he's going to be, and there is definitely concerns about the fact that now he has a legal situation from an NFL perspective where teams might not be willing to take the risk, like Nate's suggesting and saying, okay, this guy needs to be a workhorse. Well, is there a team that's going to give him that chance? I don't know. And he's a restricted free agent. So at this point, I don't know. He gets the money that he wants or is looking for. There's just a lot of question marks. And I think at that second round price, I'm in. Anything more than that, I think I'm out. I would give I would give an early second and another player for Kareem Hunt. I mean that that's probably as far Ooh. as I'm willing to go, um, just because I just know his upside. And we've right. seen players, you know, not to weigh what's worse, but we've seen players who've done way worse off the field. And you know, look at what they're doing right now. So for you sure. know, not to name names, Tyreek Hill, not to name names, but mm. um, you know, for me, it's just he's worth. A fr- you know, a early second and some throwaway player for for your you know roster. Obviously, all those things um, can change, but uh, for me, Kareem Hunt is is he's worth it, man. He's he's a heavy buy for me. All right, good to have a little bit of discussion there on, on Kareem Hunt. He's certainly a polarizing player, man, because I don't think you can really argue anything about his talent. It's all about situation and, of course, now a little bit of legal concern. All right, Okada, you kicked it off with fire with AJ Brown. Are you cooling down or are you giving us another person that you got to sell your entire team for? Um, This one feels cooler on the surface, but deep down, Bets, there is a fire rumbling. I think I know who you mean. Do you? I think you have no idea. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, it's not Mike Williams. I'm leaving Mike Williams for you. No, 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 no. I was going to go no, Tyler Boyd. Taking him? Okay. Oh, Tyler Boyd is on my list, but I will okay. not take him. All Instead, right. I am going to take a tight end Ooh. who plays for... A terrible football team. And his name is Mike Gesicki. Uh, oh, I like it. Yeah, me too. Mike Gesicki, coming out of Penn State, was my favorite tight end in that draft. I think that he has an extremely high ceiling. He has physical talent that matches up with any tight end in the NFL, uh, right now even. And he just has been, f- f- very clearly... Slow to develop. But what is the number one thing, the number one rule bets about dynasty tight ends? Tell me. They take three years to develop. They take three years to develop. It has been a year and, uh, well, it was a year and a half before Mike Kosicki started to actually develop. And I think that this flew under the radar because the, Dolphin, the Dolphins were awful. No one was watching them. If anybody was watching them, were paying attention from a dynasty standpoint, it was because Devontae Parker was, what in the sweet heck is Devontae Parker doing? <laughs> and everybody was distracted. Meanwhile, here's Mike Kosicki's last nine games. 64 targets, 36 catches, 417 yards, five touchdowns. The full season projections for those numbers... 64 catches on 114 targets, 741 yards, and nine touchdowns. That is more than tight end one potential. That is top half of tight end one potential. And that is, again, only a year and a half, you know, latter half of his second year into his career. Not only that, their quarterback has a long, well, their quarterback of last year has had a long history of hating tight ends. Ryan Fitzpatrick, we, we watched the Buccaneers for years, and every time Jameis Winston was on the field, the tight ends would pop off, and every time Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the field, they would disappear. Yep. And yet, even towards the end of last season, we suddenly saw a big target spike for Mike Kosicki with a guy who hates throwing to tight ends. I don't expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the quarterback of the Dolphins for very long. If not this year, drafting with maybe their top five pick, a quarterback and starting him immediately... Certainly getting a guy in this draft that they want to start uh, in as soon as 2021, and maybe they use Fitzpatrick as a bridge. But I honestly expect that we will see a talented rookie as early as this year. And if we do see a talented rookie, talented rookies safety, like throwing safety the tight blanket. That's safety right. Safety blankets. That's right. I think Mike Kosicki has a third-year tight end breakout 
that puts him immediately into the top eight at the worst. Well, that's what he, that's what he was in those last nine games. Exactly, as you brought and, up. So and he I was think a, that is he's his, the tight end eight. Yeah, I think that's his floor, and I think it goes up from there. So I think he puts him in at tight end, tight end eight at the worst, with plenty of potential to be in the top four conversation by the end of next year. And right now, you are not getting him at that price. I don't really hear any buzz about him. I think you could probably get him for a second, uh, and I certainly see him being worth a first by the end of next season. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't really argue with you at all, especially because the price is so affordable, especially because of the price, you know, the fact that he's trending upwards, which you like to see with these tight ends. And he was taken where he was in the NFL draft for a reason, for sure. The other thing that I love about Mike Kosicki is the fact that, um, you know, there aren't really any other pass catchers not named Devontae Parker that are going to be on the roster next season, for sure. Preston Williams was a nice player. Of course, he tore his ACL. So there's a legitimate chance that, Mike Kosicki enters 2020 for the Dolphins as the number two pass catcher behind Devontae Parker. So, yeah, man, I am definitely in. I mean, you got me really excited for him. Uh, the only contention I would have is that, you know, given the landscape of tight ends and their value to fantasy football, it's it's very tough to make someone like Gasecki, who could be a top eight, maybe, right? Top eight, top five even, uh, who could be the focal point of, a blockbuster trade like a big trade you know what i mean it's so it's mm, right that's the only thing that has me holding back a little bit from him i mean obviously if it's a tight end premium league there's more value there and it's it's something to go for but it's tough to really get too much for him or and it's and it's very hard for someone who already does have him to to get him out of their their hands without giving up something significant so it's a tricky play when it comes to him for me yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily mind that either, uh, kind of, you know, asking for him as a th- quote-unquote throw-in piece. You know, like, you've got DeAndre Hopkins, and they've got A.J. Brown and Mike Kosicki, and you say, listen, man, I got DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but I'm trying to rebuild, so maybe I'll take A.J. Brown and, you know, a little side piece, like, I don't know, Mike Kosicki or something? <laughs> yeah. Just throw him my <laughs> way. Or, so, or something, yeah, I love, I love <laughs> that. That's a good, <laughs> that's a great strategy. But, no, you get my point, though. It's just... Yeah, if, for sure. If it's just to get Kaseki, that's going to be tough. He's got to be a throw-in for me. Yeah, and I think that's a great strategy just in general for dynasty trading. You know, it, it's. I feel like especially if you're playing in leagues with people that know what they're doing, which hopefully you do because that's more fun. Um, <laughs> you people get skeptical when you come asking for a specific player. Hey, what's the price on Mike Kaseki? Well, why do you want Mike Kaseki? You know, like yeah. they, they're like kind of with you on the fact that they want to also roster him. So. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy there, you know, using him as a throw-in piece. So I love that. All right, fellas, back to me for my second Dynasty buy. Okada did say Mick Williams, who I was going to talk about, but you all know my love for him. You all know why I love him. So I I feel like I don't need to say that again. Um, However, bye, Mike Williams. My real player (laughs) that I'm going to talk about tonight is like the ultimate post-hype sleeper from last year, a player who was ninth in the NFL in air yards but ranked 52nd in actual receiving yards. Ooh. Fellas, is that going to bounce back in 2020? Heck yes! We're talking yeah. about Curtis Samuel, yeah. a player mm. everyone and their mother was trying to trade for all offseason. Thanks a lot, Matt Harmon. Um, obviously, <laughs> touting him as you know a, a standout in his metric reception perception, which you can find with the fantasy footballers, of course, uh, good friends of the show. It, it's, it's unreal, man, how how much of a mismatch there is between what was expected from production. Air yards are a very, very predictive stat in fantasy football and wide receiver production. And he just missed. And I think a lot of it is Kyle Allen. Like, sorry guys, the dude is not yeah. it. Uh, he's no. not the quarterback of the future. And I think we he saw bad. that last year. He is not good as Okada likes to say, um, regardless of if it's Cam Newton or regardless of if it's a free agent or a rookie, I, I truly feel like it does not get any uh, worse for the the Panthers from their quarterback situation. So I am buying Curtis Samuel. I think you can get him cheaper than obviously you could have last year. And I think we can use that air yard statistic um, as a good way to capitalize on a down season from Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean, I agree, especially, and that was the argument I was thinking of earlier when we were talking about Ian Thomas and where, you know, he had Kyle Allen throwing. So (laughs) it kind of hindered, you know, his upside as well. So if, if they get Cam Newton back, and, you know, it's it's an unbelievable uh, fantasy football 
offense they've got going on there with with at full strength. So Curtis Samuel would, without a doubt, be a huge part of that because he is great in the slot. He's great uh, deep, as we saw uh, those highlights as well. For me, Curtis Samuel is very well-rounded wide receiver. And now that everyone's got tape on DJ Moore and know, knows how well DJ Moore played out in 2019 – you know, maybe he draws more of the double team and, and, and Curtis that opens up a lot for Curtis Samuel and maybe even Ian Thomas. So I, I really do like that buy. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to look for buys in Dynasty. We've all hit on different uh, versions of that strategy. And the one Bess just brought up is expected statistical regression, positive regression in this case. And Curtis Samuel is a great, uh, you know, bastion of that strategy you're gonna see those statistics go back to where they should be because that's how statistics work uh so math i like it yes (laughs) big math (laughs) kent i'm sure could give it a much better explanation than i could but it's math so just trust it yes the other thing i didn't even mention was the fact that uh the new offensive system there with joe brady's passing attack of course the offensive coordinator for lsu coming in was really supportive for two main wide receivers. So that's another reason I'm in on Curtis Samuel. Let's kick it over to our cells in Dynasty this offseason. We've been co- going with the order of Nate, Okada, and myself. Let's switch it up. Okada, yeah, let's do it. hit me All with right. your first cell. Oh, oh, this is a bad idea, Betts. You sent it to me first. I let's came go. out hot. I came out hot with A.J. Brown in the buy section. I'm coming out hot in the sell section. And I'm naming arguably the hottest fantasy commodity in... The entire NFL, Lamar Are you Jackson. Christian McCaffrey. I was going to no, say Christian no, McCaffrey. No. I was okay. like, oh no, no, my no. God, he, no he, way. Actually, I would potentially consider Christian McCaffrey falling under a lot of the arguments I'm about to make about Lamar Jackson, so okay. maybe. All but right. no, not Christian McCaffrey. It's Lamar Jackson. In a super flex league, in a non-super flex league, I don't care what it is. It's time to sell Lamar Jackson. I know it sounds stupid as all get out. He was the best player in fantasy this year. He was unbelievable. He had the best quarterback fantasy season of all time. Um, he set a new rushing record, which, as we know, is just straight cheating in, for quarterbacks in fantasy. And he also discovered that he could throw the ball like a, a beast and led the league in touchdowns. So, what am I talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 2018 Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Do you guys remember 2018 yes. Patrick yeah. Mahomes? It's a long time ago. I know he's in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. But... <laughs> At the end of last season, we were saying all the same things we're saying right now about Lamar Jackson, about Patrick Mahomes. Holy crap, that was the greatest fantasy season I have ever seen. This guy is unbelievable. He's going to do it again. I'm going to sell all my children (laughs) and all my first-round picks for Patrick Mahomes. And yes, he's going to do it every year from now until the day he dies. (laughs) And what did Betts and I tell you in the offseason? It's not going to happen. He's going to regress. And what happened? He regressed. Does he still look like Patrick Mahomes all the time? Yes. Is he still arguably the most talented quarterback in the league overall? Yes. Was he as good in in fantasy as he was in 2018? Not even close. And I'm not even just talking about overall because he obviously missed a couple games. I'm talking about on per game averages. When you have a season this good, the only way to go is down. Lamar Jackson is not going to repeat what he just did. And to be very clear... Will he still be incredible? Yes. Will he still be a very, very valuable fantasy and dynasty asset for years to come? Yes, I do believe so, although I do believe he also has more risk even than Patrick Mahomes because of how much of his value comes from his rushing ability and how dangerous that could potentially be if he ever does actually get hit, which is nearly impossible to do. But regardless, he is going to come down from here. So... While he's where he's at now, where you especially when he wins MVP in a day tomorrow, he's gonna win MVP. Yep. And everybody's gonna know he's the best player in the league. Sell him now, get a boatload in return, and then go and turn that into a great, you know, haul of talent and watch Lamar Jackson eh, slightly skid back down next season and potentially beyond. I, I yeah. mean, I really like that because the truth is you're, you're trading one player and you're potentially filling gaps in your in your entire roster, right, for that one guy when all you really need is a serviceable quarterback. And then if you're filling gaps that you're, you know, you're you're weak in a, an RB2 and you need another wide receiver to and you fill those gaps, your, your overall team is looking so much better than it did, believe it or not, with Lamar Jackson. So 
I actually do like that cell candidate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I definitely don't hate it either. I mean, you want to talk about dynasty strategy in general, and it's you have to kind of treat it like a stock market, right? And he will never be more valuable than he is right now after this season, after he is named the MVP of the league tomorrow. I agree with you, man. It's it's going to regress. It's going to happen. It's law of averages. Um, I, I think he's going to have another fantastic season, of course, like you're saying. But one thing that we see with these guys who rely so much on their legs from a rushing perspective, and I'm not saying he's old by any means. Of course, he's only in his, what, second year in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a couple years of production that he's going to be um, fantastic. But when the legs stop doing what they're doing for him, is the arm talent there? I don't know. That's a question that hasn't really been answered yet. So um, I agree. I think it's smart to get out now when you can get max value and totally um, you know, capitalize on that. So I love that call. I think it's a little bit contrarian. I don't hear a lot of people saying that. So and, I like and that. And one other thing, that with the amount of times he runs, and everybody was so worried when Cam Newton was done this, you know, was doing this. Look at the build between those two guys. Yep. You know, Jackson is not Cam Newton as far as build goes. He's he's a skinnier guy. He could probably get hurt a lot easier than Cam Newton can. So it's going to wear down on him if he, if he plans on rushing for 1,200 yards every season. That's not going to work. It's just not going to work in today's NFL with, with how hard defensive players hit. So uh, it's like a car crash every time. So for me, he's going to eventually have to scale back with the amount of times he, he rushes. And, you know, if that means loading up on offensive weapons, then that's what they need to do for him. But he, he certainly can't put this up for, you know, five-plus years. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. For sure. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Good call, Okada. Nate, who are you selling in Dynasty? I'll stick with quarterbacks, and I'll go with Aaron Rodgers as a sell. Uh, you know, he, he just hasn't looked himself the past two seasons. He really hasn't. You know, uh, the Packers are using the run game more. Um, you know, and as much as I love Devont Bay, Adams, oh, uh, my, guy. my guy, Rodgers needs another quality target, man. That's just the, the reality of this. Uh, if he's going to be in the elite discussion, you know, I realize he's a top nine quarterback this year, but that's not what Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be. He's supposed to be a top three guy uh, when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. So he's 36 years old. Um, he had the lowest rushing totals among the top 10 quarterbacks in 2019. So again, if we're really focused on fantasy here, the game is changing. And for me, I, I fear that Rodgers really isn't fulfilling the criteria of a successful fantasy asset at that position. Um, you know, he hasn't completely fallen off, you know, and his name still is enough to get you a decent return, which is why I think he's the best, uh, you know, sell candidate at the position uh, where, you know, he's still a top 10 option for now. Uh, but I struggle to see him in the top three conversation going forward. And for me, now's the time to sell Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okada, what are your thoughts on that? Because my first, you know, inclination is I agree, Nate, but I don't know. I think it depends on your league. I don't know that you can get the same value you could have for his name like you could have last year or even the year before. And obviously that comes with, you know, a couple of years of age, of course, and um, decline, et cetera. But I, I think it's smart to capitalize on his year he had this year. But I just don't know. I don't know if you're getting the return. Okada, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it might depend a, a lot on who owns him. It's, re- it's really what it boils down to because I think there's there's maybe a a wide variety of thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Like if you look at his just his NFL stats, they look really good. If you watch him play football, you know he's still got it. If you were his fantasy owner, I don't know how positive you felt about having him um, over the course of the season. But then again, if you're if you know you're more of an NFL fan and you just know Aaron Rodgers for who he is, and you maybe uh, you know were out of it early in the year, and so you weren't paying that much attention, you may just go by the name. And so I think that there's a pretty wide variation in potential price for Aaron Rodgers. So if you can get him or give him, if you can sell him yes. at the price <laughs> where. You know, the guys buying him mainly off his name and off a good quarterback NFL season, I think are going to get a lot of value because I think to Nate's point, you know, I don't think he quite has the fantasy upside that he used to have. But if you have, you know, shrew- all shrewd owners in your league who's, who's, you know, see Aaron like Nate does, which is probably the right way to see him, it's going to be harder to sell him. So 
I think you have to feel it out. I think it's a good one to go out and see what the price, the, you know, get the temperature on the prices in your league and see what it may be. Uh, but I would certainly be willing to sell them if the right price came along. I mean, you certainly have to target teams. You got to be smart about it, right? So you have to mm-hmm. look at your league. You got to see who's weakest at quarterback. Okay. Oh, this guy's got Mitch Trubisky and possibly Ryan Tannehill. We don't know even what Ryan Tannehill is going to be. Is that enough to to you know decline an Aaron Rodgers um, offer? You know what I mean. So you gotta you really gotta look at the roster construction of the rest of your league mates and just definitely. Go after those guys first, obviously, and that's where you can get a bigger return for somebody. They're like, wow, that's the only thing I'm missing is that staple quarterback. And if you can target a team like that, then, hey, man, he's he's going to be a good sell for you. Yeah, no, definitely that makes sense uh, 100%. Okada, we got one more to talk about, but before we do, I want to talk about our sponsor. And the timing of this episode with our new sponsor could not be better. <laughs> Okada literally ate a jar of peanut butter live on the show today, thanks to our friends at the Fantasy Footballers for the challenge. Um, and we are partnering with Nuts and More, uh, a company that provides nut butters. We're talking almond butters, peanut butter, etc. But all sorts of good flavors. We're talking chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh, we're chocolate talking mint chocolate chip, etc. These things are so good, and they're packed with protein, which Okada has been, you know, hitting the gym a little bit more in the new year. <laughs> Maybe he's he's on his New Year's resolution, etc. So these products are awesome. I actually use them; they're delicious. I have a couple of friends that that eat this stuff. It's delicious. Um, you know, putting it on. Uh, pancakes, etc., stuff like that. So, so good. Love it and, and love their products. So, head on over to nutsandmore.com slash redshirts. Use code redshirts. You get 15% off your order today. You guys are going to have to, you're going to have to hook me up with that, man, because that sounds, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Now, now I'm yeah, hungry. They're great. I'll send yeah. you the link. I after. feel like, Right, cool. I feel like we should set a, some kind of goal for the listeners to meet where if they succeed, I will eat a whole jar of nuts and more <laughs> yes. product. Because That's a great idea. Clearly, I'm up for it. <laughs> that's fantastic if we sell or, or if they sell under our code a minimum of 10 is that good okada 10 orders between Ooh. monday which we're, we're saying this comes out today on uh-huh. monday of course we're recording on friday between monday and the following monday all right one week you will right. eat a full, <laughs> full I think jar that's fair. live wow. on the show yes listeners please make this happen you will but not be i'm upset. gonna have milk for that one i had no milk this time because that was one of the rules so that's fair that's fair we can do milk with that one all right. All right, now that we are officially back off the rails, let's get us back on track here. <laughs> I will give you my uh, sell here in Dynasty. And I feel like it's almost too easy to say. Raheem Mostert, um, Ooh. how are you not selling after what just happened? And it's ironic. We're recording this on Friday. Of course, the Super Bowl is Sunday. The show <laughs> yeah. comes out on Monday. So maybe he has another fantastic game. And I'm going to tell you, that's even better. Yeah, I'm getting out from Raheem Mostert if I can at all cost, this year. And it's mostly because of the fact that he's 27. He'll be 28 before next season. And that's not a huge concern for a running back. Of course, he's not at that cliff yet where you look at a guy who's you know, 30, 31, etc. But, I mean, there's a reason this dude was cut by, what, six or seven teams in the NFL on and off practice squads throughout his career. And I do think he's a pretty good player. I think he just hasn't had the right chance. But we just talked about dynasty being a stock market. And if you're telling me that people are valuing him as the 2020 starter for the Niners, I'm selling. Well, that, and that, that's a perfect sell actually, because the 49ers haven't been using a workhorse back. He's just flashed the last few weeks, right? The right. last, you know, X amount of games in, in the season in the playoffs, which is where, you know, national stage, everybody's watching him. So his value is increasing tremendously however you know the 49ers are the second best rushing offense in the league this year without a workhorse right they kind of sprinkled in everybody whenever they had someone uh, another body to throw in that's who they threw in you know uh Breda had some injury uh worries they threw in Mostert and Mostert took it and ran with it no pun intended there (laughs) literally (laughs) you know then they had you know Tevin Coleman as a stable in that in that backfield so for me if, if the 49ers win this football game and they continue doing what they've been doing all season long, they're not looking for that workhorse back, and they don't need to. They actually just signed Mostert uh, this season or uh, in January this month for uh, through uh, 2021. So 
yeah, they have value in him and they see that, but I don't believe that that means he's all of a sudden going to get 300 touches next year. So I think it is the perfect time to sell him. So that's a great, great sell candidate. Yeah, one of my favorite stats that I came across prepping for the Super Bowl this week has to do with Mostert. And I don't know if you guys know this. He has never started a game in his career, including the playoffs. Not a single start. Not even the game last week that he, or last, yeah, two weeks ago, last game that he popped off. There, wow. he, he He got up over 1,000 scrimmage yards and he got to 14 touchdowns so far, including the playoffs. That has happened one other time by a player who did not start a single game in that season. It was Tevin Coleman in 2016 under Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Yes. The fact that Kyle Shanahan uses his running backs the way that he does, where he doesn't care who's supposed to be the number one. He doesn't care who's getting the start. He just goes with whoever's running well. And we saw this from Coleman two weeks or the week before the AFC Championship NFC Championship game, where he was the one who popped off. He is Belichick plus when it comes to just, I don't care about your fantasy team. I'm going to play the running back that I feel like this week is going to do a good uh, you know, a good job for my team, be the hot hand, and produce. And within a single game, I may mix it up because I have so many different ways of running the ball because I'm the best run game schemer in the entire league. It doesn't matter who my running back is. And that is not the kind of coach and coordinator that you want for your fantasy running back in my opinion it can can Mostert be incredible because of the offense he plays in and because of who his coach is yes but is that likely no because he's probably going to either disappear completely from game to game get replaced completely as I can't even say the starter because he has not started but the primary back in the 49ers offense next year because Coleman's by the way, there's a running back there technically that didn't play at all this year who was supposed to be the starter. So it is all over the place as far as what could potentially be the future for Raheem Mostert. But just based off you know, the history of the coach who's in charge of his playing time and his touches and his starts, I agree that he's a sell right now and may not be more valuable than this anytime in the near future. Yeah, he's just not going to get the volume. I mean, at the end of the day, that's... That's like king, right, in, in fantasy. So volume increases the amount of opportunities, increases the amount of uh, fantasy points uh, in, in a typical sense. But for, for me, you know, this backfield doesn't shout, hey, we need that workhorse volume back. You know, it's just it, it is the best sell candidate, to be honest. So good job. You you, you redeemed yourself, Betts. Thanks, you did <laughs> from your Stafford take. Uh also, just to give the final details, I did just pull up Jarek McKinnon's contract, who's the other guy I was talking about. He, he signed through 2021 yep. and has a cap hit of 8 to $9 million each he's of the, the most. seasons. He, yeah, he's got the most out of, yeah. of everybody on, on, the, on the staff, so they still have to do something with him. <laughs> he wasn't even there all year I this know. year. I know. <laughs> so that's a whole other piece that's going to get added back in. Yep. <laughs> the Jarek McKinnon San Francisco 49ers hype will never die, and I love nope. it. <laughs> All right, fellas, we are at about an hour, so we'll go ahead and end the show right there. Um, man, what a fun episode that was. It's it's hard to remember a time that we had a, a guest like Nate, um, the ballers in the live chat, Okada <laughs> eating peanut butter on a show. I mean, we had it all on this episode. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Let Thanks our n- listeners me. know one more time where they can find you. Sure, at DominateFF on Twitter. Like I said, I'm there all the time. Uh, you can go to Fantrax.com. That's where my articles are. Um, and look out for the Fantasy Football Black Book 2020 when that comes out. Absolutely. Okada, where can the people find you? At Matt Okada on Twitter or somewhere in the bowels of the NFL Network uh, headquarters in Culver City, probably on stage one. Uh, Yeah. Nice. Yeah, look for... uh, our live listeners right now that are watching, look for Okada's head on on the set, probably the back of his head uh, on the <laughs> halftime show uh, for the the Super Bowl, of course. And then you can find me on Twitter at the Fantasy PT. We have content up on the website every single day. John Helmkamp's running back scouting profiles up there. Uh, fire! He does not have DeAndre Swift as his running back one. So head mm. on over, check out those articles, of course, and look for the show uh, to drop on Monday. We are back probably on, what, Okada, Wednesday to Thursday, somewhere in there. We'll, we'll release the second show. We're going to bring John back on the show to talk about his running backs and preview this 2020 class. Yep. All right, it's everyone. Dynasty season. 
It is dynasty season, and we are talking buys and sells today. Go make some trade offers, and until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.